Say What? Say What Radio Show. With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to the Say What Show. It's February 3rd, 2024. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Jan Shaw. And um, welcome to everybody out there in listening land. We're, we're glad you're here, and hopefully we can entertain and inform you of a few things here and there. So, uh, first off, Dolly, um, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm waiting to hear your voice. <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I'm not as weak as I was this morning, so that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah. What's making you weak, Dolly? Well, I was to my cardiologist this week, I don't know when, a couple days ago, and uh, he checked me all over. He says, he can't tell what's making me so weak because everything seems to look okay. So he's completely stumped. Uh, I think you're being rebuilt. <laughs> well, this you're taking a lot out of me. I don't know about well, putting things in me. <laughs> yeah, but plus you, had, you stayed up all night with Doc. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, he's doing so much better today. And you're continuing with the water? Yes. Yes. Every day for 40 ounces and live in the bathroom peeing. Don't forget the potassium then because that's going to, that's going to take away the, your minerals so you refill your potassium. Oh, I'm on enough pills. Oh, Dr. Okay. Dr. G and I had a discussion about that. He looked at me and he says, you're on a lot of pills. I said, I know. And I fucking, ha- oops, and I <laughs> effing hate it. And I showed him the size of the plastic bag with my hands that I have a minute. And he says, well, I only have you on three, and I thought, well, that's three right there, and uh, the new guy is trying. They always have to try. They think they can cure me, um, so I tried one, and I couldn't do it, and that was the spray, nasal spray, to breathe better. Um, but it put me into deep depression so much that I almost went to see God all by myself. <laughs> so I I realized it, and I called, and we had a video chat, the new doctor and I. So I'm not on that anymore. Um, but I, I just, Dr. Greco wants me he says, I would like you to be off, but I don't know what to take you off of because you're doing so good right now. See, even even Dr. Greco's confused. My body 
seems to be doing good, except I am so freaking weak. I can hardly talk. And and we can't figure it out. So that's how I've been doing. But Doc, last night, you want me tell about Doc? Well, no, because I don't want to wear you out. But basically, he had a reaction to the and vaccines that <clears throat> you had him get, or somebody. I that, wasn't sure. That yeah. Bordadello thing. Do what? not get... I'm saying if your dogs don't go to a kennel, please do not get those for your dog. Doc almost died last night. Yeah. Just from my own experience, I'm not saying I know, I'm not a veterinarian or giving you any advice on what you do, but I, I'll take in the animals when I first get them for, uh, you know, the original shot. But after that, no more. Absolutely no more. Because I was the same. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. I mean, the rabies, I have to get down here. But just something for people that, to look into it. Because what they do down here is that you were, you were supposed to get a rabies shot every year. But the information came out that... <clears throat> it, it lasts for five years. Okay? So then they gave you an option of having a five-year one. Well, I'm sure it's the same shot again. Okay? Yeah. And because the law down here, the, the fines are pretty stiff if you don't have your dog or cat. They, well, they tried cats. I don't think it worked. Uh, your dog vaccinated for rabies every year. So, but now because of all the, you know, clamor about it well we'll give you this five-year one it's such bullshit but anyway so i got the five-year one knowing it was the one-year one but at least they didn't come after me every year to give them another shot so don't just take what they're telling you you know look into it a little bit because in my vet when when i told him i said i'm not going to give him any more vaccinations he just went kind of shrugged and said yeah i wouldn't either <laughs> Well, the thing about that bee shot, the board of whatever the fuck it is, um, I have never allowed him to get that. Never. And the lady said, well, he got it last year, and I about went through the freaking phone. I said, no, he did not. He has never had it. Never. I talked to them several times getting Doc through this thing, and... Uh, they knew I was completely pissed, completely, because uh, they almost killed my dog. So they put the vaccine against your will? Um, she said, well, it was marked on the, uh, on the intake, and uh, Russell said he had told them n not to give that to him. Russell so, had taken Doc into the vets, Walt. Oh. Yeah, so I had no control. And and Russell just doesn't understand all this stuff. So uh, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Hmm. But he's all right now. Yes, he's, he's still uh, rather lethargic. But last night... At 11 o'clock, that little boy just jumped up in the air. I mean, he jumped up in the air from a laying flat out position. 
and and he landed and he came running over. He's on my bed. Came running over and gave me a sloppy ass kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from that time on, I knew. I just knew inside he's going to live. He's going to be okay. But uh, he gets lethargic and then he gets that all that energy. And oh, he's talking to you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I when I had Keisha, I mean, the only shots she got were at the Humane Society, and I, I didn't give her any shots after that. Um, and, I, ha I mean, even in Colorado, you're supposed to have the rabies shot, and I just said to the vet, I took her in for an ear infection, which was kind of a follow-on from her time in the Humane Society and being on the street. And I, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to vaccinate. And I had her titers done to show that she was um, had uh, antibodies to rabies. And he said, well, of course, you know, if she bites somebody, you, you know, you could get into trouble, blah, blah, blah. I said, she's not going to be in a position to bite anybody because I never get her into, allow her to get into that situation. So even though they, they, most states require it, you can get around that. And I just didn't give her any. And I don't take any pharmaceutical drugs whatsoever because... You know, if you look down the adverse reactions, the side effects of these things, most of them are worse than the condition they're supposed to be providing, well, not a cure, but treating, you know. And I'm fit as a fiddle. I never take anything. So these things are actually so detrimental to your health. It's uh, it's criminal. But hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here and glad to cut your listening. And uh, I'm showing up like a bad penny every week. So <laughs> <laughs> here I am. <laughs> and I, I hope you feel better soon, um, Dolly. I hope you get your energy back. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. I'll send you love blankets. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody should remember love blankets. Whenever you think of it, throw love blankets to everybody, please. And energy need... blankets. Yes, yes. Good energy blankets, yes. Oh, only good energy, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so, um, Walt, did you want to say hi? Oh, hello, everyone. Good to be back. Good to be here. <laughs> I'm really happy to be around with you, you guys. You're the best. You're the best uh, team around. So happy to be here. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Okay, so we have um, Matthew. A Matthew message. Shall we start the show out with it? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, Walt, do you want to read it, or do you? I I don't have it. Uh, unless you did you mail it to me or what? Oh, yeah, I did. But here, um, I mean, do you want to read it? If not, Jan will read it. <laughs> well, Janet has a, such a sexy British accent. <laughs> I, would, I would have heard Jan read it. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going to put it there, and I'm going to put it in the chat room here. Um, okay, so Jan, I'm assuming you've got it in front of you. I uh, well, I will have in just a second. I'm in a chat right now, so. Right, so right. I've got it saved in my pocket. I have this wonderful um, extension on my browser called Pocket, which is the place you can just share, save all these articles that you want to refer back to. And that's what I do when I'm preparing the show. I just go back and say, oh, yeah, I saved this and I saved that. It's really good. And I, I saved Matthew. And I also saved it for Say What and didn't share it on my show because I knew you liked to, to have it on Say What. So, okay. So February 2nd, 2024. And most of it is a response to last month's actually, which is interesting. We shared last month's. Um, aspects of ascension and densities, awakening process, Advancing in Awareness, Light versus Dark Battle. With loving greetings from all souls at this station, this is Matthew. Our last message was met with a variety of reactions, including surprise, disappointment, distress, gratitude, annoyance, delight, and a lot of questions. Considering the likelihood that our messages are read only by light workers, doesn't that does that not suggest that indeed clarity was needed as to where Earth and most of her human residents are density-wise, so you are spared the disillusionment, discouragement, or perhaps even abject sadness due to um, unmet expectations? Except for saying outright, it is a misperception that you are entering fifth density, we have talked about all the information in that message previously, some of it numerous times. Of course, you can't remember everything in messages that started 20 years ago and cover a wide-ranging assortment of topics. It's natural that most is forgotten. If you're interested in reading about densities and ascension, I think March 6, 2017 message has the most detailed, comprehensive account. Some emails sent to my mother show that readers wrongfully attribute to us other sources misinformation. Message readers paraphrase what we said when they write about it, thereby changing our meaning so it conforms with their misinterpretation of our statements. Add channeled messages with disinformation written by Illuminati minions and it's easy to see why confusion and misconceptions abound. Now then, although most questions and comments were answered personally, we include a number here because some of the writers are poignantly eager for change and what several wrote gives us the opportunity to, man to mention new facets of ascension or repeat some important old ones. Quote, Matthew and other messengers have said Earth is in fourth density. I don't understand how anybody is in third. Isn't it logical that everybody on the planet will be in fourth too? End quote. It would seem that way if it isn't understood that there are two kinds of ascension and two kinds of density pertain to each. An infusion of light from advanced civilizations almost 90 years ago 
let earth jar loose from deep third density and start ascending. In both energy and location, she has reached low fourth density on her planetary ascension course. The other kind of ascension is personal. Even though souls on earth are in third density bodies in a world that is still largely third density due to long ages of dark control, by absorbing the light that keeps intensifying, individuals can evolve to fourth density in spiritual and conscious awareness. While, mo while many souls still are soundly slumbering in third, others are awakening and advancing toward fourth in awareness. The two ascension processes have an energetic connection, but they operate independently. For instance, throughout the eons, the planet and its successive civilizations were descending from high fifth density to deep third and got mired in the darkness at that depth. Gaia, the soul that embodies as the plant, planet, sorry, not plant, as the planet, remained in her fifth density evolvement status. And as Earth ascends into successively higher astral planes, all her peoples have increasing amounts of the love light energy that enables their personal ascension. However, regardless of how slowly or quickly they evolve, the planet will continue rising at its steady pace. The next question is, our weekly meditation group was surprised that we aren't even close to 5D. We've resonated so well with your information, we felt like we are volunteers. It's really disappointing to know we're not. The answer is, please don't conclude that you're not. Meditating regularly and feeling comfortable with topics in our messages indicate that very likely you are volunteers. People bound by third density mentality aren't attracted to spiritual and metaphysical messages. And it's likely that if recently awakened souls discovered this kind of information, either they will be trying to assimilate it or have tabled it for later reading. Awakening is a process, not an event. And individuals' earliest discoveries are the corruption and deception that puppets of the darkness kept hidden so well for so long. This first order of awareness is necessary, so determination emerges to purge unjustness, to establish fairness, goodness, and rightness. When the societal revolution gets underway, spiritual and conscious evolution will follow. The populace will be intuitively nudged onto the pathway of light and enlightenment. Next question. Now here comes a message saying it's going around the world that we're in fifth density. Oh my God, we're nowhere near fifth or even fourth. The answer is let us repeat this universal truth. The universe has no demarcations. Energy isn't compartmentalized and we use numbers only to indicate Earth's location or the evolutionary status of an individual or a civilization. Also, fourth and fifth densities aren't destinations on an intergalactic travel itinerary. 
They are stages of self-discovery along soul's evolutionary journey back to creator source. Next one. I am grateful to Matthew for clarifying the fifth dimension issue. Most individuals in a discussion group I'm in think it's like going through door number four and they'll just suddenly be there. It seems difficult for many to grasp that these are levels of awareness. They're wanting to know how one knows when they've moved to the next level. They're thinking this is a tangible progression. The answer is there are no enter or exit signs designating levels of awareness. It's like energy. It has no compartments, no limitations or borders. Awareness is an ongoing self-realization process that gives one bursts of new understandings about universal truths and the exhilaration of aha sensations. Advancing in awareness isn't a learning process. It is myriad stages of consciously remembering what we already know at soul level. Just as we are inseparable from God and creator, we are inseparable from the universal mind and the remembering process is the eternal journey through all our lifetimes. The next one says, this is really upsetting. I'm so eager for all darkness to end and we can live in peace. Can't volunteers or ET family help us get to fifth density sooner than 35 to 40 years? The answer is, the light radiated by volunteers has been helping all along and for millennia. Universal family have been assisting and protecting Earth and her life forms. However, moving from one density to another, evolving in conscious and spiritual awareness, is an individual achievement that comes in accordance with free will choices. Souls who heed their intuition to help others, for instance, can swing through third density, dash into fourth, and advance fairly quickly toward fifth. Souls who choose self-service or the ease of mediocrity or resist new ideas or methods can stay stuck in third lifelong or trudge through that density like tree sap in winter. Please don't think darkness will last 35 to 40 more years. It won't. It absolutely will not. It cannot. Furthermore, some changes you will wholeheartedly welcome already are on the way and many more will be coming in increments. The years of world transformation will be exciting, filled with dynamic activity that vastly improves everything that impacts life on Earth and the societal harmony that develops will lead to unity of consciousness. The next one. Today he is saying we are two generations off from what he has been telling us, as I understand it, was within our grasp. I am aware that he is not linear, but this is really annoying, and I'm not sure I can trust that channel in the future. And he answered, if that dear soul reads this message, you will see that we understand why not all readers will like or agree with what we say. Individuals' perspectives, personal feelings and extent of accurate facts can differ greatly. And those factors are the basis of opinions. If an opinion is overlayered on our information instead of it being read as straightforwardly as stated, voila! the reader attains his or, her, his or her 
desired perception of a situation. It's noteworthy that no one who reads our messages has our information sources or observational vantage point. The next comment, I know a lot of people whose beliefs defy common sense. For example, when the planet reaches a certain point in space, bad people will just disappear and everyone else will physically move to new Earth. Some of my co-workers believe that when there are mass landings, the ET crews will fix everything that's wrong here and do it almost overnight. I don't get into this with them, but if ideas like that are widespread, will that affect the whole population's ascension time? The answer was no. The only, only the individuals who hold those beliefs will be affected, regardless of how far from facts, common sense or universal truths one's beliefs are, they are that person's unquestioned reality. The next one says, if everyone were correctly informed about what is going on in the world and what ascension is, could we reach fifth density faster than Arnold's people think? Answer, it's extremely unlikely. Individuals whose actions cause widespread suffering and destruction would not stop voluntarily. And until very recently, countless souls incarnated there to wind up third density karmic lessons of equal or probably greater significance. Progress is right on target with the divine master plan for Earth's golden age. Next one. Thank you for this comprehensive reality check. I know a lot of folks whose thoughts about ascension and densities are confused or dead wrong in comparison with what lighted messengers say. I'm going to send them this message. Answer. Offering receptive people accurate information is helpful. Trying to convince them to believe as you do is not. Proselytizing irritates and alienates. Souls embrace universal truths at their own pace, and if not during this lifetime, they will have as many other opportunities as needed to see the light. Next, recently, according to Arnold, the planet Earth will be reconciled in only 40 years. Awesome. I'm very glad to hear that, even though I won't be able to see it with my own eyes. Answer. You will see the entire marvellous panorama from Nirvana or your homeland spirit world. Next, will everyone on the planet go directly from 3D to 5D? Helping a civilization from third density to fifth is a gargantuan undertaking, a gargantuan accomplishment. Answer, no, the quoted statement is crediting volunteers with a monumentally successful mission. They started when Earth's civilization was sound asleep in deep third density and as seen in the continuum, they steadfastly radiated their light until the peoples reached high fifth density where they manifested Earth's golden age. Beloved family, in this moment, you can't comprehend how extensive your assistance is or how invaluable you are to our Earth family. Later, when you view the unfoldment of this unique era in the continuum, you may feel somewhat overwhelmed to see the astounding difference your presence on the planet made. 
you will understand why all lighted beings in this universe honor you and you will feel both humble and gratified that you were chosen to participate in this glorious upliftment of an entire world and all its life forms. Please don't give your energy to preoccupation with conditions that have, that have to be fixed. Instead, help materialize benevolent changes by envisioning images that emit high vibrations. Maybe earth immersed in golden white light or a forest of magnificent ancient trees or a field of vibrant wildflowers or joyful children playing with animals. Whatever images or thoughts let you feel lighthearted and peaceful. During the coming weeks and months, the pace of action in the light forces versus the dark forces, ages old battle will become swifter and more chaotic. The dark ones know their long reign is over and they will lash out viciously. They may have who claim a mutated new virulent virus requires everyone to be vaccinated or attempt a holographic alien invasion or produce major geophysical events. It's likely that mainstream media will emphasize increasing dangers of escalating war on one hand and on the other, irreversible damage due to climate change and other worrisome situations like rising crime rates, growing homelessness and food shortages. It matters not that reports are rife with falsehoods. Creating fear is the objective. We remind you that if a lockdown is ordered, it will provide you with protection and be short-lived. And if a communication blackout and or an economic close down were to occur, those also would be brief. Ignore whatever sounds frightening. It could be what the dark ones want to do, but no longer have either time or the global network to carry out. Dear ones, steadfastness in the light, kindness, confidence, optimism and fearlessness always will serve you and earth exceedingly well all lighting beings in this universe honor you and are supporting you with the unparalleled power of unconditional love love and peace suzanne ward oh and there's a note that says the march m message will be very late almost the middle of the month i'm going to panama for my granddaughter's wedding and will be there for two weeks so we won't be able to do the next one until the middle of Mar March. Yes. Oh, gosh, it's March. Okay. God bless this woman. She's just had a major heart attack and she's off to <laughs> Panama. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. Well, that was uh, an interesting, especially because I was, I did not, let's say, I did not deeply appreciate the last month's. No, I was the same, actually. I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I had that kind of uh, thought, too. Um, there was so much in it, but it, it's, it's really true. I mean, it's like if you, if you stand back and you can look at your life, it is those aha moments. You know, like two and two is four. What do you mean by that? And then all of a sudden you get two and two is four. Aha. Uh -huh. And that is an energy field that is 
really powerful, and I, I've talked about it many times in, in many different ways, but to me, those aha moments have your signature, and I'm talking from a standpoint of energy, they have your signature on them, and they are like markers of increased awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some kind of a game where, oh, when you know two and two is four, then you're going to know what A times B is and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's, an, it's, a, it's a progression of learning. And all of that, those aha moments are contained in a, a quantum entanglement and a, a, a quantum entanglement of all those aha moments kind of make up the memory of the soul. You know, it's like it's got your your signature. <clears throat> yes, you might be have many versions of a 3D body that represents your soul, but all of those things. And, and there's some place where I talk about the collective consciousness of humanity, where every thought is recorded. Well, it's also that that concept is not just that it's out there for the general. It, it's like you, your little bubble is part of that collective consciousness so every time you get a different aha moment you're vibrating you're making a change of energy that will then tweak or resonate that memory in everybody else and i'm kind of just babbling here but i thought it was an interesting trip (laughs) yeah but i think that the very important point in in that message is that every individual is responsible for their own spiritual development. And, you know, this is not an an easy ride. It can be really challenging to do that. I mean, God, if I went through all the challenges I've been through this lifetime, we'd be here all day, if not all week. But that's the point. You know, the problem is some people are thinking that they can get a free ride in this kind of, oh, global ascension process. But it it doesn't happen that way. You have to do it on an individual basis and take responsibility for it and deal with all the crap that you're carrying and release it and heal it. And, um, you know, that's the only way you meet, you move to the next level of consciousness. It's, it's that. Hey, let, um, me, let, me, let me ask you this. What, what do you mean by the, the, the crap that's associated with it? It's, it's the, it's the limiting beliefs that you carry. It's the, the belief that you're not good enough. You're not, um, it's it's all the negative programming. negative programming, the negative beliefs that you're carrying, and uh, not only from this lifetime, but from previous lifetimes as well that are still impacting you. You know, it's interesting because I'm doing a, a lot of training to increase my ability to work with people, and and I. You know, my my two main um, specialties <laughs> are clearing that that all the negativity and the limiting beliefs, transmuting that um, negative belief system to enable people to become 
empowered and also manifestation. And um, in the process of doing this training, um, I was taken through a timeline therapy process, which I shall be trained in in May. I'm doing the training course because I'm a I'm a learning junkie and I just want to learn more and more about how I can help people, you know, to really step into their power. And the I won't go into detail about that time how that timeline therapy works, because I'm not an expert in it. I hope to be soon. Um, but basically what it does is it takes you back to the first memory of whatever that negative experience was in terms of emotion. And it could be fear, it could be anger, it could be grief, whatever. And the way it's done, it actually took me to a previous life where I experienced anger because I was... I think I was burnt at the stake. I was probably a witch burnt at the stake, but I was executed. And it actually released, because what it also does is it helps you come to a realization of why that anger occurred and why you may have experienced a, civil, a similar emotion in your current life and you get a revelation as to, well, so that's why I was angry then, because in my um, perception of it, it was injustice. And being a Libran, of course, scales of justice, I'm absolutely, you know, <coughs> committed to justice. And it, 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 um, it neutralizes the energy related to that emotion so you then kind of step through and you examine the present life experiences where you've had anger and you discover that it's actually been neutralized because you've gone back to the source and dealt with the perception of that the experience of that and it's taken the energy out of it and i've been doing this for a long time anyway in terms of um taking people back to the source of where the limiting belief was created and shifting the perception of it and everything is perception it's information plus belief equals sorry information plus perception equals belief and most people develop these beliefs about themselves in the very early days of childhood zero to seven is the time when you're most vulnerable to this because you are in a, a state of brain waves that is like the hypnotic state so you're told somebody something by somebody in authority a parent a teacher or whatever and you have no ability to filter that and question it so if somebody says you're stupid which happened to me very early on you just take it as read that you're stupid and that's where you know you think you're not good enough and you can't do things 
And so when you go back and you reframe that, you look at, well, could that be interpreted in a different way? That can shift the whole perception and the energy and the belief into something that's actually positive instead of negative. So I don't know if I've gone off track here, but, you know, that that's something that's... Uh, really powerful and this is the work that people have to do individually you cannot take a hitch a ride on somebody else's development to think that you're going to get onto this ascension path without doing the work okay i want to interrupt you here <clears throat> because in the chat helpful buddy said the little powerless me illusion slash box that our education system has pushed down our throats for so long. Now, as you're going through what you were saying, it was like, yeah, I mean, all of this is an illusion. You know, it goes back to the concept of the original sin. No, that doesn't make sense, an original sin. But also, <clears throat> all of this programming that happens is artificial it's an illusion and i really <clears throat> i understand what you're saying excuse me <clears throat> i understand what you're saying about going back and finding all the things that caused this but right now i'm looking at it and i'm going like why do we have to go through all that is it necessary what is the final result you want you want to free yourself from a preconceived notion of reality and look at it from your own vantage point and see what it means to you. Everybody is absolutely got their own version of reality. And when I was in, uh, a freshman in college, you know, I came from a, I came from a, a, an environment that because I was one of 10, the oldest of 10, Mom just sort of sent us out into a neighborhood where all of the kids were hanging out together and the parents was like, the, whoever, whoever, whosever yard the kids were in, that was the one that was responsible for watching them. So we were always in a state of feeling secure, but feeling very free. And our parents didn't spend a lot of time telling us anything. You know, I mean, basic stuff, but not how to think. We, we did not have television for the most, I think I was nine years old before we ever got a television. And then it was only like three stations. So everything that we grew up in was one where your imagination dictated what your reality was. You'd go out and play with the other kids and stuff and you're having a baseball game. Well, you're having a baseball game, but you're, you're, you're on the Yankee field. You're in Boston. You, you know, I mean, I, I know this because I was there. It wasn't just that you were playing against your brothers and your friends. It was you were someplace else. And every kid probably had a different perspective. So my generation, the 60s generation, you know, baby boomers, whatever you want to call us, came from the place that we, there was like this this phase, this in-between, this dark reality of control, control, control. Um, in prior to World War II, your family, your parents, everybody had. That was where you were getting your 
your your education in the school system too but it was very basic and you weren't being programmed you were being given the the tools by which you could get do better on the other side of where where it went was that all of a sudden you got a whole generation after generation that's being programmed by their television their computers their cell phones i mean it's like unbelievable and I don't know that you can go back and tell these people, these younger people, <clears throat> you know, you got to go back and figure out where all this happened. It's all illusion. It, it's none of it's real. You know, don't try to pick it apart and find the pieces. You're wasting your time. Work on seeing what's really there. You know, every time you look at something, it's what you think you're going to see happens. But if you yeah, just yourself the but- top. Just let me finish. If you just give yourself the time to look at it, not from a response, an immediate reaction, but from a response of looking at it and looking at it differently. Um, That's where I think we need to keep our, our focus. I'm not saying that what you're doing is not necessary. I'm saying that there are big things that might have you, you know, stumbling. But to get into the nitty-gritty like people tend to do, in my opinion, um, don't go there. You know, get rid of the big ones. Look at the big ones. But remember that you're, you, you, were, you were here, you were brought here in a perfect condition. All you have to do is reboot to the perfect default condition. Yeah, but that's, that's what people s- struggle with because... You know, what you're saying is you're talking about the external influences here. I mean, I was, I'm was i a baby boomer. I grew up, um, I was born in 55. But the, the circumstances that influenced my belief system happened to me largely through my family situations, through the influence of teachers, and and what we're talking about here is not the conscious level. We're talking about the unconscious or subconscious level where you store these things in your unconscious and that can that influences what you do at a conscious level. And yeah, you know, we're we're bombarded with all this propaganda that is also influencing the unconscious. And when you've been uh, unconsciously believing that you're, you have no power and you have to believe all that, then you will do whatever the propaganda tells you to do. But the people that are awake, are awakened, they are immune to this. They know it's wrong because they're in touch with their intuitive nature. I mean, I couldn't say whether they've done work on themselves or whatever, but they're much more self-aware than the people who just follow the the herd of the sheeples. And it, it fundamentally, it comes down to the unconscious mind, which controls 95% of what we do. So okay, the way that I the way that I react to or respond to the stuff I see is very different to somebody else who just accepts that unquestioningly. You know, everybody has their own perception of things, but the perception 
comes from what the unconscious mind is telling them. Well, that's the key, Jan, is instead of working from your 3D reality mind, work from the subconscious. Who said you couldn't? Well, absolutely, but most people don't realize that that's even there. I'm giving the audience a heads up here. (laughs) You know, work from your, your subconscious. That's because I'm wondering, yeah, Wandering Pal is saying, you know, we have, we have to work with our intuition. Well, your intuition is there. That it's in the subconscious, in the consciousness that not only connects you to everything in humanity, but God and everything else, nature, Gaia, everything. So why not work to bring forth that information instead of looking at it from your 3D programming? Just ask, because if you ask, you'll get support. And just well, ask to see it from the unconscious. What? Well, take, take, into, take into account that the subconscious never sleeps. People don't realize that our physical bodies, they go to sleep every night. The subconscious does, doesn't. <laughs> it never goes to sleep. So it'll never, it'll never be, be put in a situation where, oh, this happened. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't awake. No, no. The subconscious never goes to sleep. That's a, that's that's the truth, and you can. And, take... <laughs> and it surfaces in the form of dreams, and that's why people have nightmares because their subconscious is still has these fearful beliefs. They're in fear. I haven't had a nightmare for as long as I can remember because I dealt with fear. But people who have these fears still in their subconscious, this is where the nightmares come from and the anxiety and the fear, and then it materializes as well in the way that they react to things out in the 3D, which is why so many people were susceptible to the fear-mongering that happened during COVID and they're now doing it with war and everything else because they have fear embedded in their subconscious mind that's why they're so manipulative uh, what's the word <laughs> manipulatable they it's so easy to manipulate them because fear is ingrained in their subconscious mind See, i don't believe it is i do not believe that fear is in your unconscious i think it's put there by the programming that occurs Okay, Jesus, Dolly, don't be messaging. It's put there by the programming, but it's also there from experiences that you've had that have stored that memory, which is a fearful memory. It's not no, all see, external. No, no. See, that's that's what I'm trying to say here. Okay, is you don't have to carry the the garbage of all your reincarnated personalities. It's not your business. Let it go. You don't have any karma there. In your own life, you everything that you your your con your subconscious knows is made up of the conscious memory, not only of your soul and all this other stuff that you can access, but let's just focus on the collective consciousness. Now, the collective consciousness of humanity. I've looked at it. I've played with it. I know what it feels like. It does not have fear in it. 
Now, why would all this subconscious of humanity not have fear in it? Because it's not in the frequency that is maintained there. This was this was really interesting to me, is that th- that programming is not in there. So I, my question to the universe was, well, why not? Well, because the collective consciousness is created by aha moments. And you don't go, aha, oh my God, I'm afraid, I'm fearful of this and that. No, that's a programming. An aha moment is when, and they have done scans of brains during aha moments. Studies have been done on it. Uh, Working with uh, Jibishan monks and, and other, you know, psychic people. The aha moment is a totally different frequency. So that frequency is what is being maintained in probably what people would think of as the Akishic records. It's not exactly, but, you know, the idea that all thought, everything is there. But it's aha moments. It's not filled with fear. This fear is a total delusion. Because, you know, like every once in a while, yeah, I get afraid and I go like, oh, wait a minute, I'm a divine being. I don't have to be afraid. That's not part of my programming. And I just step back from it. Yeah, but most people aren't capable of doing that. I mean, the ego is fear-based, and I mean, because they're not not they're not being taught what I'm trying to teach, and I'm trying to teach it because I've gone through this. I analyze everything. I'm always wondering how, why am I thinking this? Why am I feeling this? I live by myself. I've been all by myself all my life and that's the way I am so if I if I've come to that understanding that when I'm in a state of fear you know or apprehension you know just remember that is your external programming it is not you you know one of the I started to tell this story when I was a freshman I went you know I grew up in 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 an environment where you had free thinking you were you know, just weren't being programmed. And you go to the university and all of a sudden you realize that, wow, there's a whole bunch of people out here that have a totally different reality. That one lives in New York State. This one, yeah. I mean, it's like you're bombarded with all these realities because in our neighborhood, it was that neighborhood that was my reality. And I started to have uh, a crisis with the concept of the Catholic Church for another thing. So I was under crisis as a kid, as a freshman. And what happened was that I just woke up one day and I couldn't decide whether to get out of bed or not. Then if I could get out of bed, I couldn't decide what to put on. I, for three days, I was absolutely not able to do anything. I think I went out and ate, but that was it. You know, I, I was just, I was a waste. And finally, in that three days, I came to the conclusion that everything that I had been programmed with, Okay, every single thing was probably based on a lie. And so what I did was I said, okay, so we're not going to, we're going to throw everything out, everything I ever learned out. And we're going to start from here and we're going to take it piece by piece. Is that right? Does that feel right? And I, the more important thing that I did was I realized that you don't have a situation in your life where there is anybody who knows every thought, every feeling, every experience, except yourself. And maybe I was a little schizophrenic. I said, well, then I'm going to make myself my best friend. And that's how I've lived my life. I talk to myself all the time. 
Because that's the only way that you get to know yourself. And so many people, they don't think this way. They don't realize that their own intuition is based on a depth of knowledge that is spiritually based. And you're a spirit. Nurture the spirit. Don't get bogged down in the 3D concepts of, you know, you, you've got to take on this karma and that karma and you got to worry about this. Just stop worrying. You're a spiritual being. You've got control. You're a well, spiritual yes, you have, but some people need the help to realize I'm this. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying they don't. But what I'm saying here is that they have there is an alternative. And that well, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. That's all I'm saying is there's an alternative and I want people to to at least consider it. You know, think in terms of you are your own best friend, and your best friend knows a lot of lot of information. You know? So why not talk to yourself? Why not really analyze how you're looking at things without the programming? Because once you begin to work with your own internal guidance system, your own self, uh, in my case, you know, I, I, I've had a very nice life. So are you agreeing with me or disagreeing with me? <laughs> I'm lost. I'm, I'm confused not, I'm now. I'm not, <laughs> not disagreeing or agreeing. I'm giving an option of concept of how to go about to make your life easier. Right. Mine is that I realized I had my best friend right inside of me. I work within the context of, you know, do you think this is real? Do you think that's real? You know, I don't take everything that I see as being real because that's programming. That's 3D sensory programming. If you start to study the brain, you're going to understand it's it's a sensory thing that, you know, is not does not have the capacity to do what you do when you begin to work directly with the, your spiritual identity. And the only way you can do that is to at first admit there is a spiritual identity and not just the concept of you're a spirit in a, in a human being. No, you're a spiritual entity. You happen to be inside this body that's doing whatever it's doing. But you are a spiritual entity. And if we look at life that way, if we focus on that, you're going to bring it into the forefront of how you're you're dealing with all sorts of realities. And there's many different pathways you're going to get there. None of them is the same. We're all on our own trajectory. But I really want people to appreciate the fact that you're a spiritual entity and work from that. I mean, I, I sometimes I, I do something, you know, like somebody pisses me off and I get into that 3D response thing. And I just remember, I'm a spiritual being. This is all bullshit. And boom, I'm out of it in a fraction of a second. I'm not angry anymore. Oh, got my bearings. Okay, we're good. You know, somebody insults you, really insults you, hurts you deeply, and you respond that way. You know, that is a harder thing to do. Because it's a it's an affront on you as not only your, th your 3D version, but your spiritual being. And you will get those clouts. I mean, I, I can tell you that. But what you have to do is you have to be able to just say, okay, I understand it. You know, I'm not accepting it. They shouldn't have done that. 
you know, because you've got to protect yourself, you know, but I'm not going to let it dominate any of my thinking and just let it go, let it go, let it go. Well, I would add to that that nobody can hurt you unless you give them permission. You have the power not to let it hurt you because usually it's a well it's almost always about them not about you and then you don't get hurt by those things so you don't have to recover from it true somewhere over the rainbow we'll be right back oh not not Why, oh why, can't I, 
And welcome back to the second hour of Say What? February 3rd, 2024. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Jan Shaw. Um, Dolly or Walt, do you have anything you wanted to add to that first hour? I'm sorry, Dolly. You know, I didn't know when to interrupt Jan. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, I have a couple things, but what does Walt have? Yeah, what's Walt have? Is Walt back? Walter, Walter where are you? <laughs> okay, Dolly, just just say what you're going to say. He's probably not back from the bathroom. Okay. Well, I was watching the news. I think it was on the five that Gutfeld mentioned about Madonna. Uh, and he's always saying how her face is so deformed now because of her operations but he was talking like she was gonna do a a singing gig whatever they call it and it stopped me right in my tracks because I had heard and I know I heard it because I discussed it with people that Madonna was taken to the hospital. She was in a coma. She lasted like three days in a coma. And then she died. And they were talking about her funeral arrangement and stuff like that. But did we have another Mandela effect? And I didn't realize it until now. I don't think Madonna is the same person. If you look at the images of her, it's like a totally different person. Well, there's that one that's creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. But it seems like there's another version of her that looks more like what she should look like, not what she did look like. So I don't know that. But it's funny you mentioned Gutfeld. I I don't know that you, you saw this. This was... Okay, on... Let's see what's okay. Friday, they had this uh, attack by the Americans on all these different terrorist groups, right? And they're on the five. And Gutfeld was so pissed off. He basically said, "All this is doing is creating fear. Why are we covering it for the entire hour?" Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> you know, he was he was really pretty angry, and it wasn't just the one time. <clears throat> he he just didn't even want to participate in it at all. Right. right. Okay. So, and and I, to be honest, and he said, "I'm telling you, I'm feeling what the audience is feeling, and they're going more of this fear porn. What is the matter with you people?" And he was right. That's exactly what I was feeling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then, we flash forwarded back into his Gutfeld show, and I. I just couldn't look at Fox. It was everything was a war, 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 and no, I couldn't do it. So yep. I put on this insanely stupid movie called The CIA, <laughs> and it was uh, with um, The Rock and this little black actor that I so much love, who I don't know his name. And it was just an action thing, but you know, just filled with stupidity, silliness. And I really enjoyed it, <laughs> but it ran halfway through, not quite, it was 20 minutes 
into the Gutfeld show when it ended, and I went over there. And thank God that that happened like, thank God, thank the spirit world, that that happened like that. Because Gutfeld, and I, I got there after he had read what it was they were about to talk about. But I got the gist really quickly. The Pentagon came out, and I actually did a Google search, and I did find out that there's, yeah, apparently they're ta- that they are now talking, okay? Um, and what it, what it said was that, and I'm paraphrasing, okay, paraphrasing, but it basically said that DARPA had come out. The DARPA is like the scientific arm of the military. They're very, very out there, very spooky people. You know, I, I never had to interact with them. I didn't even know they existed until I was out of the military. But they're just kind of creepy people. Um, and they get into, I mean, a lot of the things that we have, the Internet, uh, you know, is one of them. That was a DARPA uh, deal. But so DARPA DARPA's like the, you know, we call it the state of the art of science. And that's what they are. They're they're the ones that are kind of like all the deep, dark programs that are out there. DARPA's got their hands in it one way or another. But anyway, DARPA came out and said that they now had the ability to use the microprocessor and put it in the brain of an octogarian, I guess they call it, over 80 person. And that that person would then uh, be able to think and talk and walk and everything like their younger self. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I told you they were androids, but I didn't think in terms of that the bodies still work, and it's just that they plug in these microchips in them, <laughs> and it goes on. I don't know whether I couldn't I I couldn't quite find exactly what he had read, but there was a number of different coverages of it. But apparently, whoever was talking about it, this crazy scientist, I mean, like one of those, you know, mad scientist types, was talking about taking this microchip and putting it into all the over 80 or older people in Congress and the Senate. So they could all be thinking younger, even though they looked older. So they could be programmed all the same. Yeah, you know, and it was yeah. like, well, that's what that's what Gutfeld got into. Well, well, this is interesting. I mean, it was like, you know, they, it's a disclosure. Yeah. So, you know, the, the fact that we keep seeing these people that look differently, that you can see, you know, the, okay, that's that. But a lot of these people, they've just had brain implants. And, you know, they're being programmed by some... I mean, and they actually brought up Fetterman. And <laughs> Gutfeld says, yeah, I don't know if it was Gutfeld, but one of them said, yeah, you know, they put that thing in Fetterman and he turned into a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, but they replaced his whole being. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he looks totally different now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, but it, you know, so it, the disclosure stuff is is starting to happen from that standpoint too, that it's all an illusion. It's just fascinating. I mean, you can't help but it. It's just a great story. That's all it is. It's a great story. Janine went off last week too. Boy, she was riled. Whoa, doggy! I thought, good for you, lady. Let him see the anger that people are starting to realize they have. 
Yeah, oh. she said she said Trump had won the twenty election, twenty twenty election. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't say it calmly. <laughs> no, she so did. What, what was she angry about? <laughs> She's got the the five is okay, the five is a very important uh barometer of what's happening because they are the most popular show on television. So right. is Janine part of the five? Um, yes, yes. She oh, judged okay. Janine. Judge Janine. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, having watched them now for a few years, it's intriguing. Well, one of the reasons that I, I really get into them is that when I started Say What Up, you remember this, Dolly, I wanted like four, but maybe even better, five people on the call, just having discussions, because I had seen that the more people that we had on a radio show, the more interested the the readers or the listeners became. Um, so it, it it was something that I had in my mind. I started to say, "What well, we never quite got it in the way that they've got it on the five. So when the five came out, it was like confirmation that, yeah, this is the number one show. And it's because you've got these five different realities that are sometimes clashing. And what happens is that they've got four awake people and then you've got a liberal, you know, a Democrat. And the Democrats, they've gone through quite a, they burnt out quite a few of them because it's one against four. <laughs> you know, and I have a lot of respect for these people that they keep coming back and getting more. But... Um, I can't remember who was on. Was it? Uh, oh, it was um, uh, Junior, Harold Ford Junior. I think it was, and he said something to her that was basically not true, and she got off on him. And I'm trying to think. I'm talking, but I'm trying to remember exactly what the subject is. But it doesn't matter because it, she's been clashing really hard with uh, Junior in the shows. I mean, he actually took a snipe at her one day, and he's, he doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Gutfeld is somebody that <clears throat> really has a lot of courage because he gets out there and he really does tell the truth about what he's feeling. I mean, he's obnoxious as hell. His show is, they get into stuff that's really kind of like silly, dirty. Yeah. I don't like it. <clears throat> no, I don't either. But on the other side, it it makes you realize what a farce it all is. You know, they have you can swear x amount of times. <laughs> Actually, they 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 seem to have uh, stepped down on them because they're bleeping them now. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. Um, at least the Fox, there's groups of people on the Fox <clears throat> are really telling the truth and telling it brutally. And also in the Congress. Now, this was this was something that started up. And it's like, I, I think maybe I even said this earlier was or maybe we're before the show that basically they've been talking in terms of the income, the the. the fact that the Biden policies are so 
damaging and you know this is just a policy thing it's nothing to do with intentionally trying to destroy the nation but now you got a lot of people in congress republicans coming out and saying they're trying to destroy the nation this is this is absolutely premeditated um and there's a lot of things happening in the congress that people aren't hearing about i I, i'm on fox and all of a sudden they're talking about this meeting that they're having to who the hell was it? Oh, yeah, all of a sudden, they were going to be talking to the tech people again. And, okay, you know, that got, you know, probably other people out there in media land covered that. But then there was this obscure thing about, I don't know, censoring somebody or something. And it was like all of these really going after the problems instead of just giving them a lot of talk. The impeachment of, uh, what's his name, uh, head of Homeland Security. Mayorkas. Mayorkas. That's going ahead. It, it won't get any wind, probably. They all know it. But what they're doing is setting up a narrative. You know, they're going after these people. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not seeing that the election is going to really happen. I mean, it's just too many things in the... I wonder if we'll make it that far because things are just getting too too out there. Yeah, like your, your, your presentation, Jan, concerning the Russia's attack on Europe, I, that doesn't make sense to me. No, you, uh, uh, as I said at the beginning, I said, you know... I doused on this. Some some of it is true. Others, um, it was altered. That's but right. uh, yeah. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a kinetic attack. I think what's happening is there there is a general attack on the European on the EU through all the protests that are going on i mean the eu was a nazi created organization and it's through the eu that all the illegal migration is happening across europe and even in the uk still so i i don't think you should take that literally as a as a you know um, a military attack on europe i mean P- putin is going up against the globalists and the EU is a globalist organization, same as the WEF and the WHO and the UN and NATO and all the rest of it. So I think you have to put a certain interpretation on it. And that's my interpretation, that it's the exposure of these organizations that is happening. That's the level of the attack, not oh, he's going to start firing nukes or he's going to invade the the Europe. No, I think it's... Don't, it's, they, don't they depend on Russia for their fuel? I well, mean, all yeah, they have to do is they, shut that off, right? Well, they already have. I mean, that's why they're in so much trouble because when, when Biden and co. took out the oil... Um, pipeline which i've forgotten the name of it i mean that was um an attack on european energy source 
And, of course, they tried to say that, oh, the Russians did it. Well, why would they destroy their own pipeline? You know, this is crazy. But, um, you know, the EU and the US with all these sanctions against Europe have not made a single dent in the Russian economy at all. It's thriving. But, yeah, I mean, Putin has been anti-globalist all along. You know, he's ex- the Russians have exposed the biolabs. They've exposed the trafficking. They've exposed the Nazi. Well, we knew about them, the Azov Battalion and everything. They're, they're going through a, a, an exposure of the nature of these organizations. So... I don't, I don't buy that, and I, and he didn't exactly say it was a kinetic attack on Europe, which it won't be. It's it's um, an ideological takedown of of Europe, and and this is what the farmers' protests are all about because they're up in arms about the EU and their net zero crap like the WEF and everything and it's 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 failing it's falling well the other thing that's falling is the climate crisis thing well you yeah know? that's part of it <laughs> but did you did you hear what they did this you know i mean oh my god the stupidity of it Martha's Vineyard, which is like got the most expensive property in the world on it, right, was designated a poor neighborhood so that they could get the subsidized infrastructure of the electric chargers. Did you hear that? No. (laughs) Yep. And another place, I, I forget where, again, the same situation. I think it's in in uh, wherever biden lives i mean it's some of the things they're doing now are just like so in your face it's like how can you even imagine doing this but nobody's buying those cars it's just not happening so (laughs) okay i wasn't done okay good Uh, um so the uh the Madonna thing is not the only thing I've noticed, but I don't want to go on the other things. I'm just uh, saying that I have noticed there has been another Mandela effect. End of that subject. Now, last night, when <clears throat> when Doc was so sick, I, I took a walk outside talking to God and all. Um, and I looked up at the moon. The moon was half moon. The half that was lighted up was the bottom half. And the line that goes across the top half, the, the, that uh, level line, was not level. It was uh, uh, well, peaked. There, there was uh, like the light would go up like, the, like a mountain. In, separate, in certain areas, and, and the, where the line was supposed to be straight, it was squiggly. Does anyone know anything about that? Walt, do you know anything about that? Are you back? Did he ever come back? No, the, no, the, I had no, 
the problem is with the description. I have a difficult time uh, uh, picturing in my mind the description of, of the moon. So I don't have a clear image in my head as to what is she describing. I apologize for that. Okay, it's like the moon was half moon, but the light part of the half was on the bottom. So usually there's a straight line across where the half is between the light that, and the dark. That's the part that confuses me uh, when you say a straight line. A straight line? Yes. The, the demarcation point between the dark side and the the light side is a straight line. It doesn't normally have a mountain in it. It's a straight line because you got black thing here coming together with a white. Oh, I'm I'm seeing. Okay, uh, I uh, okay. You're uh, it's a straight line because you're seeing half of the moon. Okay, you're 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 looking at exactly half the moon, so it looks like a straight line. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I apologize. I was low slow on the uptake. <laughs> But it wasn't just straight last night, Walt. Oh. It was as if the light part, <coughs> someone had pushed some of the light up above the straight line. And then where there was supposed to be a straight line or where we've always seen it, mm. um, it was uh, squiggly, like somebody drew uh, black over the white, but did it in a wavy way. Well, um, who was it? Um, I think it was Janine and Jean-Claude. They were talking about that there's something, or or was it uh, Elena Denan who, who had, this something is being worked on. They're, they're doing some work, construction work, not that destructive work, but something is being done on the moon. They, they spoke about that, but they didn't give any major details as to wh why it's being done or who's doing it. All that I, all that I could get from the uh, description that she gave, it, it, it was the group, it was uh, something that was being done by the White Hats. They were, because somebody, somebody mentioned like in passing that, oh, there was some kind of bombardment or some destructive work being done on the moon. And she said, no, that's not true. They are doing construction work on the moon. That's because the moon doesn't, the moon is not a, natural, a naturally formed uh, body. It's, a, it's, it's, it's actually uh, artificial. It has been, you know, it's so, so very, very old. Um, so that's what they were saying, is that there's something be, being built on the moon. So it makes sense that you would notice those, those differences if you're paying attention to everything that's going on on the moon. I think they're building a new White House up there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, so I thought, so I, I believe you, because it was more... Uh, it was like there was a wavy something between the moon and me, but yet I was seeing through the waves. <clears throat> it was like the wavy part was, oh dear God, uh, was like um, uh, when, uh, when you see the heat 
you see the heat waves. Yeah. It was it was like that that I was looking through to see the moon. But it was very, very, very bright. But in your case, you would have to see it that way because you live uh what you how many feet how many feet away from the ocean? You have uh, you're looking through a much thicker atmospheric layer, whereas somebody that's living on a mountain uh, would would be a, a much lighter. It would be a, a smaller amount of atmosphere to go through, so they would see the moon differently. You you see the moon. You have a, a bigger amount of atmospheric growth to see. So you your your level of atmospheric uh, uh, depth is bigger, so you you have to see through you you you, you have to see through a bigger atmospheric uh, cover to see the moon, whereas other people are farther away from the ocean uh, would see it differently because they would see less of an atmospheric uh, cover. Well, I'll agree with her. The moon was very bright. I have an aversion to looking at it. Oh. <laughs> I just know that what what's that, you know? But it's like I, I've I've never been particularly in awe of the moon. Well, when they were landing people on it, I thought that was pretty cool. But um, I don't know, Dolly. You you have an affinity for the moon. You're always mm. seeing it someplace else than it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, oh. And it was someplace else last night. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> I didn't even think of that because I was so amazed at what I was seeing. Did you see it was farther north than normal? <clears throat> uh, actually, I saw it was uh, farther southwest. I mean, southeast because that's where the ocean is, east, southeast. You know, I see. I looked at it, and it was up through the trees, and it seemed to be much more to the north than I normally would see it. Huh? And I've got, I've got so many trees on the property that I actually have to position myself in certain ways to see the moon through the trees. So I'm more cognizant of where I'm seeing it based on the the tree structures in my own yard. And normally I can't see it through the trees to the north, but this time I could. Huh. The, the I, other I, thing that's interesting is that the 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 moon is looks different in the U.S. than it does in the U.K. So really? when you've got like a half moon, um, in I noticed this particularly in Arizona, you've got the the half moon which is horizontal you've got the dark above and the light below in the uk it's vertical you always have the half moon as a vertical line it's that's totally the way different. it's seen up north here like in michigan when i was in michigan i saw it the way you're describing it mm. yeah it depends where you are yeah huh. Okay, so we've still got a half an hour of this show left. <laughs> Go quick, invent something. Invent something, yeah. Come up with something. 
Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think of. I'll tell you something, though. It's it's a strange place out there. And it it does seem to be more like a place. (laughs) You know? I, I, I don't know. There's things that are changing. And we just have to kind of, like, go with the flow, I guess. I'm trying to. I don't want to get into the war thing because that's just insane. Which one? <laughs> there are so many wars. I think it's more uh, positive to look at all the people rising up because that's where our strength is. You know, this is where we've got the globalists on the run with all the. I mean, I covered this on my show about the number of protests. Yeah, I that agree happened. with you for because for the longest time. You people kept kept saying, "When will people w- wake up? When will they wake up? When will they notice things?" Well, that's finally happened. It's people are waking up. They are noticing things. They are mentioning it. So it's happening finally. Finally, they're they're waking up. <laughs> and well, yeah, <laughs> and they're waking up to the climate bullshit. Oh, um, because yeah. that's what I mean. If you look, I I for last week's show. Um, we talked about the same sort of thing, and I was looking up the different countries and what they're protesting, and you'd get this different protesting about this, that, or the other thing. But in the end, it was all climate-based. They don't believe that even if it is happening, what you're trying to do to us is killing us. So stop it. I'd rather die of whatever the climate's going to do than what you're doing to us now. You're going to starve us to death. Well, they. Uh, they, they want to convince people that people should get rid of carbon, that they should just focus in, on oxygen all the way, that you need oxygen. <laughs> I had a co- oh, I'm sorry. No, go on. I had a question to Jan. She was talking about uh, how people are starting to be uh, illuminated and others uh, are not and they're not going to be. Well, can you go further on that? I, I kind of lost out on that, Jan. And that was interesting. Was that on my show or what I was talking about before the break? <clears throat> uh, it was uh, both, really. Okay, okay. Um, I think, I mean, one of the things I would say is... That um, message from Matthew, a lot of the questions were from people thinking that all of this ascension was going to be external to them, that they were just going to be kind of riding the wave of ascension as um, some kind of cosmic thing. And what Matthew was saying is that, no, Gaia is ascending in its in its own pace in her own pace but people have to do it on a personal level and you know the people who are awakening who are waking up to um what's happening in the world you know there are there are a lot of people that are awakening up to the political things but aren't awakening on a spiritual level so 
you know, there are two levels to this. There's the political awakening and there's the spiritual awakening. So, um, but what there are, pe there are some people that are so um, anchored in that 3D world that they will never awaken. And, you know, the advice we're getting is it's not your job to awaken people. You know, you're responsible for your own awakening, your own perceptions, your own journey. And if you try and impose this information, whether it's spiritual or political, on other people, then you're just going to get pushback all the time. You know, the more you push something, I mean, I go back to my experience with horses. I mean, they're divine beings. If you push against a horse, it pushes back. And this is this is what happens. If we try and force information on other people who are not ready for it, they'll just push back. So we can share things. You know, we focus on our own development, but we cannot we cannot force other people to awaken unless they are ready for it. But I want you to to explain. You were when you were on your show. I think it was. Didn't you say something that some people are going to look illuminated, and some won't? Oh, that was that was what I shared from Starseed Astrology. I can share that again, by all means, because Starseed Astrology. I really like these people. Um, they're very spiritual, but also they're very in touch with the political side. And in fact, it was a, a few years ago that I shared um, uh, Sal. Rosso, so, oh, I've forgotten his full name, Salvador Rosso, Sal, as he, he's known as. I've had several readings with him. He shared an astrological um, profile of Trump, and he also did one of Q, and he had to take it down because <laughs> he, he was likely to lose his platform. I mean, he does so many profiles on what's happening in the political arena. And he did one about this. Um, let me just find it in my, uh, in my store of articles. One second. Okay. Is it going to tell me about the illumination part? It should do, yes. So... Uh, there we go. He was talking about Neptune transits Aries. Okay. And basically what he's saying is that we will, through this transit, we will start to see the true nature of people. So shall I read it? Because anybody who didn't listen to my show obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. heard it. Yeah, read it. Okay, it says, our battle-stricken world rapidly approaches the profound entry of Neptune into Aries, a generational transit change that will create a baptism by fire effect upon us all. 
the magical nature of the cosmos will become extremely evident from February of 2026 forward because Neptune will advance a great new work of spiritual revelation that will transform the entire world for the better and in ways that conclusively cement victory to the forces of heaven on earth. The first major world prediction that I offer is this. Spirit forms will become increasingly and profoundly evident in the flesh when Neptune begins to transit Aries and especially upon Saturn's titanic conjunction to Neptune, which begins on February 13th of 2026. This means that demonic humans will be seen physically for what they are spiritually. There will be no physical disguises moving forward. Flesh will show the spirit and the world will transform from it. Spiritual warfare is a reality that will become much more profound when we all begin to see flesh reflecting spirit in ways that will be both divine and absolutely wretched. Those who serve Satan will be seen for what they truly are, and those who serve God and Christ will be blessed in the flesh in beautiful, glorious and miraculous ways that defy current paradigms of scientific understanding. Devils won't be able to disguise themselves as they have in times past to their ruin. This is the first major Neptune in Aries world prediction that I have to offer. Blah, blah, blah. He says he's going to update it. Um, new you vision. have to wait two years for it to happen? Well, it's probably a, a, a gradual process, I would think. Oh. But is that what you meant, um, Dolly? Because... Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> those of us, you know, who are on the side of the light will be transformed in a very positive way and those that are on the dark side their true nature will be revealed is what he's saying why well, that'll make a good against evil even more visible <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely yeah i like that mm. thank you you're welcome but yes. Well, speaking of good and evil, two shows ago we had uh, this uh, thing on the name of the Antichrist. And I wanted to give you guys a sort of a uh, back, well, an update on it. Because after the show, when I was doing the editing, I essentially was able to hear a minute or more of what was behind it that gave me, well, they kept talking. Okay, what happened was that they were talking about a black cube. You guys heard that, okay? But then in the part where it was clear, in other words, I had turned off the tape, but I couldn't get the sound out of my machine. In that period that was being recorded on Skype, what happened was that they said the, the number 666 three times and then said Saturn represents Satan. Very clear. So when Dolly was asked the posse about what was this about and the posse indicated it was demonic, you know, 
this is sort of like a, a confirmation of that. But after the show, what I did was I went through the only one of the ways it might have happened is that something in my on my internet that was opened might have started playing. Why it would happen, I don't know. But I was I went through all my tabs, and by God, I found the video that was being played. Okay, Black Cube and all that sort of thing. And I accidentally <laughs> got rid of it, but that's okay because I know the guy that was doing it. And I think I can find it again if I am prompted to listen to it because I'm almost thinking maybe I should listen to this thing because we have a long, I have a long experience with the Black Cube. Um, but it, it's still, no matter what... No matter the fact that it was there, I had not put that up there. There was no reason that it should have been up there. I mean, there wasn't anything open before I do a, a live show. I make sure that every tab is down that can possibly be down. So it wasn't opened. And somehow or another, they were able to turn this on exactly when we started the first nine minutes. And then when we started the second time trying to play it, it went for four minutes, and then it came back on at the at the four minute thing, and then I couldn't get it to stop. I didn't know what because I shut down the tape I was playing, but this time this thing didn't stop, and that's when I you know shut down the station and the computer and internet and everything else, and then came back and it was gone. But um, yeah, so it seems like they somehow or another got that program up in my internet connection and then just started playing with it but who or what you know and it's like one the thing i took away from the whole experience was walt saying so are we supposed to be afraid <laughs> and that made us all laugh you know because i think that that this is sort of like i think they've been showing this spiritual awakening thing that they're referencing for quite a long time it's just that some of us are seeing it already and some of us aren't you know have i seen fairies have i seen divas have i seen all sorts of things that you know could be a trip on lsd or magic mushrooms or something yes and i'm sure other people have or feelings or experiences, synchronicities, coincidences. I mean, the, the fingerprints of the spiritual world are all around us. We just have to pay attention to it. And then think about what we're going to do with all this. Well, you know? I think, you know, in my view, it's like you can become immune to fear. So, yeah, they probably want us to be fearful. That's maybe why they interfere with everything. But we can laugh at it, and laugh is the best antidote to anything evil. I mean, it's like in, um, you know, Monsters, Inc., the Disney thing, you know, well, where they, <laughs> the monsters went in and scared all the kids to get the, that energy, the loose. Oh, but remember the, mo the moral of the story? Remember yeah. the moral of the story in that movie? That yeah. in the end they discovered that laughter was yeah. far more powerful exactly. than fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what that's my point. It is. And so we laugh at it and it it 
completely disempowers it completely we're we're not buying into it well this whole for example this weird thumb sound glitch that happened in in in, uh, with nancy's equipment uh I didn't. I, I didn't feel fear or or suspicion. Or that's why I asked that question. Was should should we should we be uh, afraid of this? Because it's kind of laughable. <laughs> well, it was, and it was more like curiosity. Actually, why is this happening? You know, it was. Yes. Oh my God, this is happening! It's like, what the hell's going on here? You know. <laughs> You know, you know, there's another thing that happened. I just all of a sudden remembered. Elon Musk is now got one of these brain implant things. It just came out. They showed this robot walking with this, you know, essentially an operating system. And it was the weirdest thing. Dolly, I hope you saw that robotic thing because as soon as I, as soon as I saw it, I said, my God, that's just the way Biden wor- walks. Yeah. <laughs> and then Janine said, did you notice that's just the way that Biden was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, people have been saying that for quite a while, that, you know, especially where he walks across from Marine One to the White House, it's like it's a robotic walk. And um, that little jog, you know, the little jog that he does? <laughs> Before you know he falls over, about? you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. He'll be walking no, I up. Know. His, I was joking. Know, Oh no! But this is really interesting because I've been studying this because he does it quite often, and it's always exactly the same steps. It's not like he's jogging until he gets a little tired or whatever. It's like this automated jog. It always is lasts the same amount of time, and he does it in the same way every time. More well, of course, than, you, know, you must know, Nancy, with your background. But the technology that is revealed to us is decades behind the technology that they really have. Yeah, and that's why when they're showing this stuff out there, okay, I'm looking at it and I'm going like, oh, yeah, I was I was right what I was seeing because mm. it it's 50 years into the future of what they've really got in these people. These are these things. Peppered politici- politicians. Oh my God, Walter! Maybe you should read this, watch the Stepford Lives again. How did they end up being Stepford Wives? Well, the the the, the key was the men. The men are the ones who 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 wanted uh, an obedient wife, so that they made the women into robots. Uh. They, they, they wanted to be contr- the the men were all uh, control freaks. And uh, they wanted the the woman to be so subservient and, obe- and obedient. So they turned them all into robots. They turned them all into robots. See? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's... predictive programming here again. <laughs> One of them tried really hard to get away, but she couldn't. They got her at the last second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, was announced that uh, Musk had announced that the first chip was inserted into a human brain. Yes. And and I I know it's supposed to help people that are paralyzed. Um, 
Well, it may well be a positive thing. I don't know. But, they aren't uh, putting it in me. Well, no, quite. They're not putting anything in me, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's another well, control mechanism, no matter how you look at it. Well, there was something that I didn't cover in, I think it was in Fulford's um, report, about how the vaccines that they injected into mice enabled them to control their movements using Wi-Fi. And I mean, we've, I mean, back in the early days, we saw people that had magnets attached to their arms and we heard about microchips being injected with the vaccines. Well, that was something that they, um, one of these experiments did with mice that were injected with the mRNA that meant they could be controlled over Wi-Fi. Well, remember, remember the Bluetooth signals that were coming out of the cemeteries? Yeah, yeah. And also somebody did somebody did a Bluetooth scan in a restaurant, I think it was, or a pub or whatever, a cafe. And they were picking all, up all these Bluetooth IDs from all the people that were sat there. A lot of that's kind of been forgotten now. I mean, it was in the early days of the people. We got to worry were... about third, the Third World War now. We're we're beyond that. Oh, of course, of course. Well, if it happens, well, I'll just sit here and watch it and say, okay, bring it on. But it's not going to happen. It ain't. It's not. It's just more fear porn. So. Well, according to the them or whoever, but there is a, an idea out there that the original increase, I mean, exponentially a, an increase in the number of EFO, you know, UFO sightings occurred after the atom bombs were set off. And the, the concept is, is that when you set off a nuclear bomb, because, I mean, Oppenheimer, just before they pushed the button, said, you know, it's just as likely that everything will just whoop, disappear as to what we think will happen. I mean, I don't know where this person had the God-given right to be able to determine the, you know, whether we live and die because he's going to push a button. But it wasn't, it didn't seem to affect the 3D Earth thing. But it did affect different, um, let's say, uh, realities. Uh, you know, this is the the multi-universe concept that there's other universes right beside us, on top of us, and that that change in the, at the nuclear level actually affected them. So it, the Earth is not going to be able to set these things off. No, I mean, I, I read that, that um, the Galactics have actually disabled all the, all the nuclear weapons because it would impact not just the Earth, the whole galaxy. So I don't think we need to be worried about that bullshit, to be honest. Well, I don't know why we should worry. There's nothing we can do about that one. <laughs> Except well, that, not there's no point in worrying about anything. You know, I mean, all you're doing is push, putting fear into the universe and the loosh that they're feeding off. I mean, I just sit back and say, the hell with you. I'm not worried. You know, There's if so I much go, fear. I go. 
if if not well i'm just gonna sit here for another however long do what i need to do and you know whatever there's you know, so much fear bonus where do we put it on <laughs> we're running we out of room we reflect it back to them yeah because, we don't accept it right because what happens is when we refuse to accept the fear they get fearful of us because we're not accepting it we're not controllable unless you're in fear exactly and look at what's happening with all these uprisings of people these the the you know the deep state shit scared because the people are rising up and there's more of us than there are of them and yes thank you helpful buddy in chat we laugh at their fear porn i do it's like come on give me a break you know oh we've got um disease x or we've got um killer whatever it is or we've got oh measles you're gonna die if you get measles now or you've got if you get chicken pox you've got to take a vaccine i mean the whole thing oh you know people are dropping dead from heart attacks because of climate change the thing I've said for ages, it's the theatre of the absurd. They're so desperate. They're putting out these absolutely absurd, insane things to try and convince people to fall in line. And it's backfiring big time. It's wonderful to watch. Well, in YouTube, there's a, there's a continual commercial that you should get uh, your, uh, day, your daily or weekly or whatever COVID shot, <laughs> oh, because COVID shot, it takes so many forms and it, is, it mutates so fast, you need to constantly re-plug <laughs> re yourself in order to keep yourself protected. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's crazy. People you know? are basically telling them, um, okay, moving right along with that disease X they're trying to push. They're just, they're ignoring it. Hmm. <laughs> They've lost. They've lost. I think, I think maybe that, that, you know, there'll be a surrender at some point. I just hope sooner than later so we can get on with the good stuff, you know. <laughs> but we're in the last minute of the show here, a minute and a half. So you want to say good night, Dolly? Good night, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, thank you for being here. And thank you all in chat room for being so chatty with us. I love it. Uh, don't forget love blankets. I love you all. Bye-bye. Walter. You heard the sheriff. Love blankets it is. That's all, that's all you have to focus on, love blankets. Yeah. Love blankets and laughter. Jan, what would you like to leave them with? Well, thank you all for being here. We've had some in interesting discussions, which I love. We never fall out, no matter whether we disagree or not, which is wonderful. That's what friends are for. I'm so glad that your doggy is feeling better, Dolly, and you sounded a lot better Thanks. as we got into the show as well, and I'm really See, glad to hear that. That's why I like to come on, because you all energize me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So thank you all for being here. Love you all and have a good night.
Okay, we appreciate you. We'll see you on Tuesday when we start up live again. Be safe and laugh. <laughs> Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. <laughs>